Welcome to Leading Lights. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more information and resources. This year is starting off well. I, I'm excited about 2017. Are you? We're talking about things we celebrate. The idea is if we put some big rocks in place at the beginning of the year, they will guide the whole year. And it's almost like the foundation stones of a building. If you get the foundation right, the building becomes healthy and happy and successful. And the Bible says, Jesus said in Matthew 7, if we build on his words, then the house is strong. And when the storms of life come against it, our house remains. So that's what we're trying to do. We're saying we celebrate these things. Can anyone remember what we celebrated the first week? Anyone? Relationships. Again, Nathan is paid by the church to know the answer. So he got it right. The second week was his presence. We're saying we celebrate our relationships. We celebrate God's presence in every area of our lives. Wherever we are, we're thanking him for his presence. That will change our lives if we focus on relationships and his presence. Today I want to talk about we celebrate grace. Now grace is a word, hymns have been written about it, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And there's grace is a word that sounds religious and Christian, but I'm challenging us today to say this is a gift from God that we should be celebrating not just when we first became Christians, but right throughout our Christian life, if we're not celebrating grace, and not just in church, but in our day-to-day -day relationships, in our families, in everyday life, if we're not celebrating grace, we're missing out. There's a big foundation rock in our lives that is missing, and we need it. Now, I got given some lovely gifts at Christmas. Did you? Are you still wearing or using the gift you got given? at Christmas. You see, that's how you can tell whether you really like the gift. I've given my children gifts before, and at the time they said, oh, thanks, and then they never wore it again. It was stuck in a cupboard because my fashion sense wasn't up to scratch for a, a teenager of this day and age. But other gifts I've given them, and they wear it every day, in and out, and it's just, it's something that they love, and I can tell that they really uh, received and enjoyed and um, valued the gift be because they wear it. Amen? Now grace is this thing. We're told in the Bible we are saved by grace. Grace is a free gift. It's like a Christmas gift. It's like God comes to you and He says, you could never be good enough on your own. Every other religion says you can be good enough. But deep down inside me, I know that I cannot be perfect. And Christianity is the only one where God says, I will come and pay for your sins and make a way for you to be forgiven. You could never be good enough. And then I'll change you on the inside, wash you, change you, and you will wear this gift called grace. And that is how you get into heaven, not by your own good works. It's completely different from every other religion. Every other one says, pray this way. Do this trip, give this money, sacrifice this, do this ritual. All of them, every single one says you must do it and you can be good enough. Christianity is completely different. It says you could never be good enough. And that's grace, this gift where God says, I will forgive you no matter how bad you are, no matter what you've done, I will pay for your sins to be forgiven and I will give you forgiveness and salvation. That is grace. And many of us get it as a gift. 
when we first become Christians. And can you remember those early days? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't deserve this. I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm a sinner. I know nothing about you. I know nothing about the Bible. I've lived away from you. I've rebelled. I've, and we've, we've, we know it's by grace because we had nothing in us that earned it or deserved it. And we said, thank you, God, for this Christmas present. And we put it on. But what happens after a few months? When now we know a few of the verses in the Bible. And we've been attending a few little things at church. And we've given quite a bit of money. And our life, we've cleaned up the outward outward sins in our life so now people think we're quite holy and we take off the gift the present the grace and we start putting on our own good works and we think actually i'm quite good i, I know a bit about god and I, I i'm quite important god's quite lucky to have me on his team <laughs> and what happens is we've moved out of grace and i want to say <clears throat> as one of these big rocks in our lives. If you're not celebrating as a Christian, because one of the symptoms, one of the signs that you've understood grace is this celebration. Wow! It's like, I won the lottery. Somebody bought my groceries for me. Somebody pardoned my prison sentence. Woohoo! If you're not still celebrating, there's a risk and a, ch and a, a chance that you've moved out of grace. And so I'm challenging myself and all of us to stay in grace. And we're going to use the story of the prodigal son. The story of the prodigal son is in Luke chapter 15, but it should be the story of the prodigal sons. This man had two sons. Verse 11, it said, a certain man had two sons. And it's not about the one son only, because both of the sons fell out of grace. But only one of them found grace again both of them it's like a picture of the church this man had two sons this man it's like people in our church and and we're all kind of with the father and, and whatever the one son leaves and goes and he lives a, a sinful life if it was today he would go to a big city he would be shooting up drugs he would be sleeping around with everyone he would be sinning with all the money that he'd got from his dad, he would be sinning to the max. And we look at that and we say, yes, he's fallen away from grace. But the other son stayed in the church, but his heart, on the outside, he looked like he was obeying, but his heart was no longer wearing the t-shirt that he got for Christmas. He was no longer celebrating the grace of God. He was no longer saying, how lucky I am. He now thought he was good enough, and he also fell away from grace. And at the end of the story, it's the most amazing story because the one who was living a, a sinful life found grace again, but the older son didn't. Boy, I'm challenged by that. You know, it's possible for us to be in church for years and years and years and think, because on the outside we look holy, think that we're all fine. But if we've fallen away from grace, if we're now relying on ourselves and we're a little bit proud and we're no longer celebrating the wonder of this Christmas present we've been given, if we're no longer wearing that present of grace that we got at the beginning, we could be the older son. And so I'm saying this year, let's celebrate grace in everything we do. When we come to church, it's like I'm a brand new Christian again. I'm praising God. Woohoo! 
I've found salvation. Even if you've been a Christian for 20 years. When I'm out there in the world with my family, my brothers and sisters, my children, my wife or husband, whatever it is, I'm showing grace. I've received grace, forgiveness, mercy, kindness that I didn't deserve. So when someone offends me, I pass the grace on. I overlook people's sins. I give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm kind to them. I forgive freely. I'm generous with my time and my money and my energy. Uh, I, I, I pass grace on because I'm just a beggar who just was lucky enough to get adopted by the king. So I'm going to pass it on. If we get grace in our lives as one of the big stones that we celebrate and our lives are celebrating this grace, it will change your life. At the end of 2017, you will see your house has grown and flourished and prospered. You'll say, what a wonderful change I've seen in my life because I was celebrating not just relationships, not just God's presence, but grace. Is that okay? And so we as a church want to be a church of grace. Uh, you know, I pray that when somebody walks in the door, we welcome them, we run to them, we, we love them, no matter what they are, no matter how they are, no matter who they are, no matter what they believe, how they act, we say we welcome you, we love you. We're just the same. We're just, all of us, we're sinners and we're saved by grace. We don't look down on people. We don't say, when you get up to my level, then I will, I will be friends with you or accept you or spend time with you. No, no, we're all the same. We're humble, grateful. You are one of us. That's the kind of church that I want to be in. And praise the Lord, I think we are. So, Luke chapter 15. A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me a portion of goods. Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. So this is the brother who rejects God. What he says is, God, I wish you were dead, but I want all the benefits of this wonderful world you've created. I want health. I want happiness. I want relationships. Um, with other people and with the opposite sex and, and all that kind of stuff. I want money, I want food, but I want all the benefits, God, but I don't want you. That's what this man said to his father. I wish you were dead because I just want the inheritance. And then he left. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had together, journeyed to a far country, wasted his possessions with prodigal living. His sin was on the outside and obvious to everyone. He said, God, I don't want you. I hate you. I don't need you. And he lived a life in prodigal living, which basically means trying to fill the void. You know, when he had a relationship with his father, he had security, peace, joy. He had everything he needed. It was all coming from his relationship with his father. Now he's far away. He's trying to meet that need, that vacuum in him through drink and relationships and seeming important and I don't know, all these different things that Jeremiah chapter 1, it says, My people have forsaken me, the well of living water, and they've dug their own dirty wells to try and get living water. That's what this boy did. He forsook the real fulfillment and peace of being with God, and he tried to find it in the world. I've done that. I've done that. And I know many of us have done that as well. That's one way we can miss grace, is by going away. And, well, let's read on. It says, when he had spent all he had, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. You know, there's a pleasure in sin for a short time, but it will always leave us unfulfilled. And I can testify to that. I will I'll testify in a court of law that sin will never 
ever meet that need in me. And this man found it. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the swine. We start going down this terrible um, spiral and we don't realize it, but pretty soon we're in the depths of the, of the pig muck. And it said he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He's sitting in pig muck. He's got nothing to eat. He wants to eat what the pigs are eating. And it says when he came to himself, suddenly a light dawned in his mind. He said, what on earth am I doing? Remember how I was when I was with my father. Look at me now. One of the ways that we miss grace is that light dawns on us, but the devil lies to us. Remember grace the grace of Christ is the only way we can be saved. Every other religion says you can get to God some other way. But the Bible says again and again and again, at least five times, it says the words, no one can be justified by obeying the law. You cannot be good enough. It doesn't matter how many prayers or rituals or you can't get there on your own. And one of the things that the devil comes and he says, you realize you need grace, but you're too bad. God will never forgive you. And luckily, praise the Lord, this man said, no, no, I'm, I'm going to go back to my father. He's a good father. And if you're there today, if you've wandered from God, perhaps you've done some horrific things. I want to say to you, there is nothing so bad that God will not take you back. And that's why grace is worth celebrating. It doesn't matter how far you've gone or how many times you've fallen. I had someone speak to me in the first service. They said, I keep falling and I keep coming back to God. Will he take me back again? The answer is yes. He will take you back. This young man came to himself. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I'm perishing with hunger. I will arise, go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Friends, he arose and came to his father. This is the second lie that the devil may tell you to try and make you, keep you out of grace. He says you can stay in the pig swill and you've actually still got grace. It's this weird twisted lie that the devil says that actually because of grace, because the father loves you so much and he's got so much forgiveness, he will forgive you, but stay in your sin. Stay in that lifestyle that's hurting and damaging you. Stay in that addiction. Stay in that terribly destructive life. Stay there, but you're still forgiven. And the Bible says the grace of God that brings salvation teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to live godly lives. There's, grace doesn't just forgive me, it empowers me and changes me so that I'm now living with the Father and living a healthy, happy life. If you're still in the pig's will, but you think you're covered by grace, I want to say to you, there's something so much better. He arose and went back to his father. Get out of there. One of the lies, unfortunately, that the devil has convinced many people of is you're a Christian, but you're living in complete terrible sin. That the two don't go together. The Bible says if we keep on sinning, we don't know the father. There's this change. We don't get saved by being good, but when we're saved, it changes us and we want to live a healthy, happy, good lifestyle. So that's the second thing. He came to his father. And when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. 
Let me read that again. When, it, when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. Friends, that's a church that celebrates grace. When people come in, there should be lots of us not saying, Oh, you're a new person, don't come into my group. No, no, running. <laughs> we want to hug you. We love you. We want to kiss you. Not in a weird way. I mean, in a nice way, you know. Can you imagine this funny scene? <laughs> no, it's a nice, it's a friendly, loving family. That's, that's a church that celebrates grace. And you can tell the difference. A church that's not in grace, where we think, oh, we're all good enough. Well, uh, there's no welcome. There's no joyful, come on in. Amen? Right. And the son said to the father, the, the son starts his, his speech that he's practiced. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But before he can even finish the sentence, the father says, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Not just a t-shirt for Christmas. The robe of righteousness and sonship, saying, this is my son, he's, he's part of my family, he's got all of my wealth and all the benefits of being my son, putting it on him. Um, put a ring on his hand, put sandals on his feet. He's completely forgiven. He doesn't have to work his way back up. He doesn't have to, you know, spend a month doing this and then a month. He doesn't get promoted through the ranks. He is fully adopted, taken back in as a son. That's grace. And boy, if we get that, we will celebrate. And then it says, bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry for the son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found. And they began to be merry. Grace results in celebration. And I'm challenging you and I'm challenging myself. Where's your celebration level in your Christianity? Are you still wide-eyed with wonder at this gift that God has given you? Are you still saying, wow, I'm so lucky? Or do you think, hmm, I'm one of the good ones now? Celebration will tell you. Now the oldest son was in the field, verse 25. And this is the other prodigal. This is the disguised prodigal. This is the one who is not receiving grace, but everyone else thinks that he has received grace because... He goes to church and he says the right things and he even knows the right language and you know Christian words to say and he raises his hands in prayer and he seems to be a good Christian but his heart is not there he thinks he's earned it he thinks he's better and it's not just the wonder of receiving a gift as he came near and drew to the house he heard music and dancing can I just ask you what does dancing sound like it says he heard dancing what kind of dancing is this that you can actually hear it? There was some foot stomping happiness going on. Amen? It's not just a reserved little, oh, praise God, like Mr. Bean dances, you know? <laughs> you know, that kind of weird little. No, they were, they were letting loose. We celebrate grace. Man, it just comes out of us. And you know, I read this thing that if you pretend to laugh for long enough pretty soon you start really laughing did you know that if you pretend to have this huge belly laugh pretty soon you can't stop yourself really laughing i've found that i can reboot my celebration if i'm you know david said again and again praise the lord oh my soul his soul didn't feel like praising the lord 
Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Put your hope in God, for I will rejoice in Him. You, you tell your soul what to do and you start celebrating. And pretty soon you, you realize, actually, grace is awesome. And so I encourage you. Dance so that people outside can hear not just the music, but the dancing as well. Yes. Amen? Um, he called one of the servants and said, what's going on? He said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But the older son was angry. Do you find you're an angry Christian? Do you find you're looking at other Christians and judging them? You know, I, I look on Facebook and some of the social media things on the internet at Christians talking about other Christians and they are angry. And that's a sign that you're not in grace. When you're angry with other Christians. You see, because if I'm celebrating grace, I say, hey man, I'm just a sinner who is saved. Praise God, so are you. But when I start getting angry, it means I think I'm better than you. He was angry and would not go in. And that's, those are chilling words. Because the party is heaven. The, the parable is talking about heaven. Jesus is talking about heaven. And when the oldest son would not go in, what Jesus is saying is he's not actually saved. But he's in church. He's been catechized, baptized, and whateverized. And he knows all the words and he looks like a Christian. But he's not saved. Therefore his father came out. His father went out. You know, Jesus came out. That's grace. Every other religion says God is in heaven and you through karma and working your way up, you'll get there eventually if you do enough reincarnations and good things and change your life and pray and do enough. You'll get to God in heaven. God came to us. God came out in the form of Jesus to us out of the party and he said, come, come, I'm running to you. And when we celebrate grace, we go out, not just in our church walls, but we go out there and we find people who need him. Amen. The father came out and pleaded with him and listened to what he said to his father, because these are the words of someone who is not celebrating grace. These many years I have been serving you. I, I deserve, I deserve something. I deserve forgiveness. I deserve a position of importance. I deserve people to respect me. I deserve to be healed because I've obeyed. I deserve my prayers to be answered. I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. That's not grace. Because grace says I deserve nothing. These many years I've been serving you, I've never transgressed your commandments at any time. You see, the law and pride will mess up our brains so that we think we're perfect and we're not a person who is not in grace thinks that they're good enough and all it takes is for you to go through the ten commandments with them and said have you loved the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength have you had no idols in front of him have you honored your father and mother have you never coveted have you never lied have you never deceived and it, pretty soon the person realizes, gee whiz, okay. But then grace comes. You see, that's the purpose of the law, is to lead us to grace. But when you get stuck in the law, you somehow convince yourself, I've kept it perfectly. You haven't. You need grace. I need grace. Amen? Amen. We need it. He said, I've never broken one of your, one of your um, commandments, which was just a lie. 
And yet you never even gave me even a young goat, which was another lie. The father had divided his whole estate and given him everything. And the father says straight after that, he says, son, you are always with me. All that I have is yours. Father said, you have signing powers on the bank account. You have the keys to the house and all the vehicles. The fridge is open. It's yours and I'm yours. And it's, you're free. You have grace. But because you think you have to earn it and be good enough, you are now excluded from the party. Yikes, that is scary. So friends, we want to celebrate grace. I'm just going to close by reading to you some verses that Paul wrote to a church in Galatia. Paul had gone there and preached the gospel to them and they'd received it just like a brand new Christian receives grace. They would say, ah, I don't deserve this, but whoopee. But someone, after Paul had left, another preacher had come in and it sounded spiritual what this preacher was saying. In fact, in Colossians it says that when a person preaches the law, it has the appearance of spiritual wisdom. It sounds good. So someone gets up and they say, yes, we are saved by grace, but if you're not... I'm just going to use my own words and then I'm going to tell you what, what the Galatians heard. But I'll give you an example in today's language. You get saved and hallelujah, it's all by grace, I don't deserve it. And then a preacher gets up and he says, you know, if you're not praying for half an hour every day, you, you're not really in the closeness and, and the power of God. And God doesn't really accept you. And you think, oh, okay. So you start setting your alarm clock. And then they say, if you haven't memorized three scriptures a week, then you're not, you know, you're not really a good Christian. And then if you haven't kept this particular festival in the Bible, and then if you haven't, if you're still eating this food, then you're not really close to the Lord. And, and if you haven't given this much money, then God doesn't really love you. And if you haven't done this and done this and attended this meeting, and pretty soon you are weighed down with rules and regulations. And that's what happened to the Galatians. People came to them and they said, you must obey all these things. Let me be clear. When grace, when you're celebrating grace, you will start to do a whole lot of righteous things. But the error is when we think I have to do things to get accepted and to please God, then I've fallen out of grace. So listen to what Paul says. I marvel. Paul says, I'm, I'm amazed that you are turning away from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. He says it's not even a Christian gospel. It's a whole different religion trying to be saved by works. You say, but there are rules that I find in the Old Testament. So surely it's Christian. No, no. If you are trying to be acceptable to God by doing anything, Old Testament or any other rules, it's a different gospel. You might as well be trying to go through reincarnation or the eight pillars of this or the five pillars of Islam, whatever it is. It's a different religion if you're trying to earn your way. He says it's a different gospel. He says... Are you so foolish, chapter 3, verse 3, having begun in the Spirit, you see, because grace is just a gift of the Spirit, where God puts His life in you. He says, are you now trying to be made perfect by the flesh? You've now given up this grace, the Spirit, and now you're trying to do it in your own strength. Verse 4, chapter 4, verse 9. Now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you're turning again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage. You're observing days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid for you lest I have labored for you in vain. Paul is saying to them, 
It's not just that you're trying to be a better Christian and add good works to your Christianity. You are falling away from Christ. Chapter 5, verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. And so my challenge to myself today, and that's why I, I, we want to talk about grace regularly. We know we received this Christmas present of grace. When you got saved, it was a free gift. You could not save yourself. But my brother or sister, where are you in this grace journey? Maybe you're the prodigal son who's rejected God and you're living in the world. At least it's obvious. I'm encouraging you, run back to the Father today. Maybe you're a person who's grown up in church and you thought it was all about being good or being part of a church and you never realized it was a gift from God. Today you're the older prodigal, you need to repent and say, God, I received this free gift. Or maybe you're one of those who received the Christmas present but after some years, somehow you've allowed a whole lot of rules to come on. And now you're trying to be pleasing to God by doing things instead of realizing, I'm a son. He's put a robe, a ring, sandals. He's killed a fatted calf. He's given me everything. I can rejoice in his presence. And that will lead to you living a good lifestyle. But you need to just celebrate in the grace today. So I'm going to ask us to stand. And we're just going to... Ask the Lord to help us now. Thanks for listening. Please respond to this message by asking the Lord how He wants you to change your life as a result of what you've heard. Allow your group leader to pray with you now as you respond to this word. And if you have been blessed by this teaching, please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com.